This is a Wild Gate Production Podcast. Welcome to the Classic Phase Rip Podcast. I am DM Vince, and I am sitting alongside DM Matt. Hello, everyone. And we are back after some snafus the last time we weren't able to do a show. It was my fault. I had some emergencies come up, so I had to cancel last minute, and that's life. So, But we are here. And Twitter, and Twitter is down. I just checked. <laughs> I had to. It's down? Yeah. I, it, I went to, is it down? And there's a bunch of people reporting issues with Twitter. Hmm. Yeah. Upstream connect error or disconnect reset. Before headers. So our tech errors we had earlier this evening, I'm blaming on Twitter and whatever's causing it. It's Matt. It's all Matt's fault. Yeah. Even, and it's contagious because it actually infected Vince's tech this time, not mine. Yeah. Anyway, so we're back with a brand new show this week. We got some good things to talk about this week, some news to talk about. Uh, Some good things coming from the UCP, and uh, we have a couple questions, so. Hopefully, Twitter is down for for Esper Ranger too. So, all right. So it's not just you, Matt. Apparently, it's down for him as well. Oh. So, Twitter's down. Oh, boohoo! Oh, oh no! Who cares. Anyway, so we're back. Uh, email address: bullpen at uh, classicphaserup.com, Right? Yes, it is. Okay. I got it right this time. Yeah. Yes, you did. And uh, we'll be running through a question that Jane had left on my channel. We thought it was an interesting question that we can just kind of run down and go over. If you have any questions, please send it in right to us, and we will go over that in possibly a future show. And uh, we'll talk about that. Anyway, we're going to talk a little bit more. We're going to dive into uh, the Ultimate Powers. Oh, did I do it again? Yeah, Ultimate Powers. That's right. I didn't say Powers yeah, Unlimited. Yeah, that is the right one. Yes, <laughs> Ultimate Powers, not Powers Unlimited. I don't know why I keep that saying it- that. Well, there would have been a time we may have talked about that on an unreleased project we had discussed doing at one point, but... Shh, that's a secret. <laughs> we don't talk about those things. Yes, we, we don't talk about sweet domain names that we registered but never actually used. Now everybody's going to go looking now for these domains. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> yep. <laughs> anyway, so Ultimate Powers, we're going to talk about Origins of Power, as you probably saw the title about this, and we're going to kind of run down these powers that are in the book and kind of give our thoughts on that and you guys can chime in too here in chat as well and those at home that are listening then for the replay on the audio or watching this video you can comment along with it and leave your comments and i usually reply to them all the time so i shouldn't say usually i always do regardless if somebody says something nasty i'll still reply I'm not gonna say it's not nasty back but <laughs> right anyway so if you want to flip to around page 10 or 11 you guys can see that hopefully pretty well yeah Looks like it. We do get our oranges of power. You can roll them. Let me grab the book so I can see it a little bit better here. You can roll them or you can pick them as normal. Most GMs that I've played with, per- played with personally always made us roll. There was no picking in my game. So Yeah. I usually let my players either decide whether they want to pick or roll, and they usually go with roll. <laughs> yeah. So. I think it rolling is a little bit more chaotic and fun just to see what you get yeah yeah it just depends on the type of game you want to run 
uh, the way I see if you, with this game, since you can randomly generate every just about every aspect of your character, I see that as as much a writing prompt as anything else. Just develop, taking this jumbled stats and making something of it. So th- there's some fun to be had in just that type of concept. I remember we were at, when I went for my first year of North Texas RPG Con. I, I did an impromptu phase rip uh, game with a bunch of people, and uh, the way it rolled out was one of the one of the players rolled. He had a weapon. It was a gun, and the material of the gun was stronger than the actual gun that he was able to shoot. So he would just <laughs> constantly throw the gun because it did more damage than actually yeah. shooting the gun. Uh, the gun itself. So. Oh. He was just perfect in the naked gun game. Oh, yeah, definitely. But looking at these, just giving your overall opinion of them, why did they do this, do you think? I mean, this is kind of, I would think, backstory. I mean, people, you should be able... Yeah, it is, but at the same time, this is the ultimate book of we're just going to brain dump every possible concept we could ever think of that ever appeared in a comic book and dump it in this book every origin every power and this is as much of a brain dump so that's why there's so many different options and so many different small niches that get filled in these origins so i mean that's why it's there it just builds you take what was in the basic or advanced books and this is just that on steroids like everything else in this book to the point where i mean it's like even if you get into some of the powers it was like there's just subtle differences between some of them. It's like, was that necessary? And that's kind of what this is. A lot of subtle differences all spelled out. Like Nato, he was a hero who was born of the body type he has and also and possesses all his powers from birth onward, learning to control them the time he took. I mean, maturity, gain the powers sometime after reducing adulthood. Uh, these are things that you should be able to... I would think make up on your own. You really don't need a book to tell you. I mean, I guess some right. people do. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, some people might like it. I can even see if you just wanted as a judge to actually m- make some NPCs, maybe some villains or something, and just didn't just wanted to roll and see what came up. You could do that. But for the players, yeah, all of that, I would let them flesh out themselves because I think it'll be far more creative. But maybe if a player's struggling with a concept, they could use this to spark some imagination, maybe? I think uh, right here, Stephen Watson says it the best here. If a player has an origin in mind, no need to roll. If nothing definite, then roll them bones. Yep, that's it. This is more of a tool there if you need it, not a requirement. So how would you, let's just say we're playing a game and you're running the game. And I'm like, you know what? I need to roll here, Matt. I don't have no idea. <laughs> okay. And I roll, and I, let's just say I get, you know, one of these things here. How are you going to incorporate that into the game for me? Uh, Well, I usually t- try to take care of all of that when I do my session zero for superheroes. I'm over the let's role play out how you guys all met. Yeah, I can't. I don't that. do I don't do that anymore. So at that point, I'm like, okay, let's role play this out. Or just talking about amongst everyone at the table, how does this fit with everyone else? The only risks you run with this game and is if one person rolls really hot and everyone else is like street level. 
So you have Thor and you have a bunch of mooks. At that point, it becomes kind of difficult to run a game when you have that kind of power discrepancy. And you can get that with your origins as well. Is how well will this origin mesh with everything else? I think in most instances, you can work around that uh, just from the backstory. But yeah, it it's a very much, I see this, the character origins as a collaborative effort between all the players and how to incorporate when it comes to incorporating those into the game. It's not just me determining it. It's them as well as we figure out how they know each other, why they're a team during that first session zero. Hmm. I am definitely over that as well, as far as meeting in the tavern, so to speak. I just like to tell the group that you guys know each other somehow, figure it out, or I will give them a story for them to figure out because I don't want to spend time like, you know, a half hour or so in a game session just to figure out or someone just who's not in a ripe mood just decide to be a dick and be like, yeah, I, I don't talk to him. I don't like the way he looks. Yep. Which we all know there's always one guy that does that. So, Right. I tried doing that with a Star Wars game one time. That went really horrible. Um, to the point where there's PvP violence, the very first game. Wow, first session, so, first game, wow. Yeah, there, there was some, some gunfire to the point where we ended up like, yeah, at this point how this went, we had one of the players make a completely different character, and we restarted, and my camera froze. You're, yes, it did, but it's fine. We can still hear you. There you go. Yes. Yeah, for uh, something must be sucking my bandwidth. Twitter! <laughs> it's definitely Twitter doing it. You, you call it yes. right there. So, but yeah, it working all that out, not in game, just in session zero, how you're incorporating these backstories, I think is the way to go. And just, and then you as the judge can figure out what's important and what's not. Like in Down, but the hero was given his power by another being. This includes such as diverse situations as being transformed, being charged with power, and acquiring an item whose position... That reads Green Lantern all over it, but, you know, I know this is not DC, so... Right. Lightning strikes, energy exposure. Exposure. Yeah. Chemical exposure, tampered out. Yeah, things like that. Yeah, chemical exposure, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Yes, the mutation happened in the sewer. That's correct. Yeah. Hey, Morlocks. They're cl they they could have easily been turtles. I've used Morlocks. Has anybody actually statted up Morlocks for Phase Rip? I wonder. Oh, I'm sure there is. I think aren't they in one of the ultimate, the uh, gamers handbooks? The Morlocks. I don't know, Stephen Watson. You seem to know all these things at a, a blink of an eye. So I'm sure you'll answer us about that one in just yeah, a second. I I, I'd have to go and grab my binder to figure it out. Yeah, someone. Yeah, yeah. Someone hands you a mask and tool endowment. You're Robin. Yeah. Here, here's your leotard. You're a boy wonder. No, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> That's definitely not an endowment. <laughs> yeah. No. Well. <laughs> um, no, I'll just bite my tongue there. Yeah. Just. Just. Yeah. Anyway. I really don't have much more to say about this. I want to quickly go over because it, it was some things that people had asked me and talked about inside 
you know, we're talking about the Ultimate Powers book, so. Yeah. Yep. There is a Morlock subtable for the X in the X-Men books. It's in the X-Men books? Oh. Yeah. Which which book? I'd like to look that it, up. I, I would, I'm guessing it would be the actual box set, the Children of the Atom. Oh, got it. Okay. So moving on to other things here, I just wanted to... Some Marvel Comics news itself. So do you think the move that Marvel replacing Diamond with Penguin Random House is going to be the final nail in the coffin for Diamond? I mean, DC dumped them. Marvel's yeah, it. Them. Yeah, it's... They're just trying to get better deals. I mean, it's like... What's... With Diamond, they also own Alliance, which handles your games. Uh... So it's like Diamond Alliance are basically in the same Fort Wayne, Indiana. That's where it all comes from. Uh, so and Marvel's tried this before. Re- anyone remember? I think it was Heroes World or World Heroes or something like that from the late 90s when they dumped it and it went terrible and they ended up going back to Diamond. But this time around, I I wonder how much of this was sparked when Diamond was shut down for all those months uh, due to COVID. And they were just like, hey, we need to get a different supply chain that won't be interrupted like that. And Penguin Random House is a bigger one, so they they probably get better rates with the larger company. It sucks for game stores, though, and the comic book stores, because now, right now, if you need three different accounts, if you want to order your books, because Diamond still has your indie studio the, your non-marvel your non-dc then you have to have an account with the dc now you now you, if you want to get your free shipping you have to go through penguin random house yeah so it, it's just a nightmare and also a lot of these stores use like comic hub or different things to that you can order your books from uh, into their system and they can or, in turn order it and i what I've noticed is, and I don't know if it's directly related to this, the UPCs are on these books change to the point where if you had an auto-pull subscription, it gets canceled, and you're not getting your books automatically because it's a new product, not a continuation of the old product you were getting. Oh, well, okay, okay. So if they do lose Marvel, that will definitely be a final nail in the coffin for Diamond, pretty much, as they're speculating here. As it's saying, most of the indie independent publishers are going to be owed money, and they're going to be losing out. Yeah, yeah, because they start hitting issues with because they buy those the books and then in turn sell them, and it. But there is that lag from order to payment and. I remember reading more about exactly the timing of it. It's kind of like the issues that TSR had back in the day where they were billed by their suppliers for their books every like 60 days, but they got paid every 90 days from their distributor. So the more books they sold, the deeper in debt they went because of that lag. Hmm. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what Diamond does. And there's also the chance that the store's will be like, you know, the headache of dealing with Penguin isn't worth it, and it's still better to go with Diamond, or Diamond will do what they can to give them better rates than the stores that stick with them. 
So it may not be as big a savings as you would get from Penguin, but the convenience of you order everything from one place as opposed to having multiple shipments come in could be worth it. I just hate to see independent publishers lose out because of what's going on between Marvel, DC, and uh, yeah, Diamond itself. So yeah, I mean, it, that, and that I think that's and they're the the independents are also the ones that will suffer the most during COVID and all that because when books weren't shipping, books were shut down, books were delayed, Diamond was late on payments. The, yeah, it that whole April. March, April, June, July of last year was just a bad time for comics, the industry in a whole because of everything being shut down. At least Marvel and DC could still ship out digital books, but smaller publishers, no. I know. My comic book store actually stayed open. Uh, I still went to their store even during the COVID thing, but we had to stay outside, obviously, and uh, he was doing curbside service for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Mine was doing that until the governor even shut that down here. Uh, he did. He did do mail order. Uh, like so, I remember I did do that once where I had some books I had already ordered that he got in, but he wasn't allowed to have anyone even come to the store for curbside pickup. So he set up a way you could PayPal him the money online and he'd ship it to you. So I did that. Looks like Twitter is back up for all those people who are very concerned right now about that. Yes. Twitter is back. Now, if only it would give me my bandwidth on my camera back so I'm not like Max Headroom's still frame. Yeah, you're like a uh, satellite. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Internet. On location. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So my guy, what he would do is curbside service. He would also uh, he you can call him on his uh, his personal cell. He did, a, um, I guess. He had an iPhone, so FaceTime, and he would like, oh, you, you see anything you like in the back comic bins? He would like go through it, you know, with you or like that. Yeah, so okay, he was very cool. accommodating. He's a very yeah. small store, not that big, but he's moved his location three times, getting smaller and smaller each time. And I yeah. thought this time was going to kill him when it happened, but he's oh. back. I mean, oh, I just went great. in this past week, and uh, there were like four or five people in there. You know, everybody still had their dumb masks on because i can't stand wearing that thing because it's yeah claustrophobic so it bothers me i wear it but yeah. it just bothers the hell right me. yeah it, it's like mine they actually use comic hub as their ordering app so i can go on comic hub just search for any book or anything say i want to get this i want to get this i want to like pre-order the statue whatever basically anything you can get through diamond uh, that'd be in previews. I can just select in this app, order it, and it'll just automatically show up in my pull list. So that, that's how my store manages everything. And when COVID was going down, they had to move too, but that was because the building they were in was like a strip mall that was actually owned by the Catholic school next door, the land was. Yeah. And they wanted to basically get rid of that strip mall and build a soccer field. So they basically were kicking everyone out of that. So they had to move from what was actually like this. It was a old interior design store. So it had like marble floors, pillars, just very elaborate and ornate inside. It was like the total hipster comic book store because <laughs> it was so elaborate and exquisite on the inside. Hmm. So they had to move that to like a regular strip mall store. 
Well, now that they, every, everything was back, I was able to complete my little collectible things like that. Like I got my Gotham badge. Oh, nice. From the Gotham TV series. And uh, I got the one from Arrow, too. From Starling. Oh, sweet. And then the one from Flash, which is over here, too. But I know this is not DC. I collect these little things because I like them. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's a neat little uh, trinket that trinkets to the kid, little tchotchkes. <laughs> tchotchkes. Tchotchkes. <laughs> hey, I have lots of tchotchkes. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I've seen some <laughs> of the, the various things that you collect. You collect a lot of stuff. Yep. Uh, we had another one here in Marvel Comic News. This is an actual deal with actual comic storyline. I'm not in-depth with the comic storylines, but... Mephisto has regained his throne as Marvel's King of Hell. Apparently, the Ghost Rider was the one sitting on the throne, and now my boy Mephisto is now back into it. I had no idea Ghost Rider was actually sitting on the throne in Hell, so... Same here. I was like, what? Because, I mean, that's just the whole genre of Marvel I've never really been into. It was like the most I read about Mephisto is when they did the silly stuff with Spider-Man and Mary... And in order to have Aunt May be alive, Mephisto did magic and retcon. So Peter Parker and Mary Jane were never together. And when you like, but what about all the continuity issues this creates in every other book? The response was magic. So, yeah, that's like my ex- extent of Mephisto knowledge. And I think he was also in one of the uh, Marvel fighting games as a character. Was he? I have no idea. <laughs> I think he was I, in like uh, Mar- not Mar- Marvel superheroes or something from that era. Okay. Right. So, sure. yeah. so yeah, it's like I'm sure it'll affect like the Ghost Rider and the, the mystical magic things that I don't read. So a good picture it's good to be home him on the front. ghost rider johnny blaze was sent to hell with a thunderbolts ghost rider robbie reyes went to space with the avengers oh they had two ghost riders at, at the same time i that's happened before <sighs> yeah there's i actually like yeah. the robbie reyes ghost rider i mean i know it's not the traditional ghost rider but yeah I liked him. I liked him when they brought him into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on the TV show. I thought he was actually really cool. But. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least with the Ghost Rider, th- that mantle being passed around and it makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah, I have no problem with that. All right. So a couple things I had been given news wise. Mephisto tried to open a Hellmouth in Nevada. Johnny claimed his throne. Oh, that's how it happened. OK. Oh, that must have been, that was in the, I just saw that was, during the Doctor Strange Damnation arc. I don't really read Doctor Strange at all. Yeah. I've ne- Have you ever read Doctor Strange? Because I've, that's one of the comics that I've never read. I kind of put it up there with like DC's Doctor Fate. I don't, I can't read those comics. They're too wordy for me. Like, I don't know. I, I when they did the reboot of everything circa like, 2014 2015 yeah i was getting doctor strange just for a little bit but it was one of those i read a few a few books and i'm like i kept getting them because i forgot to unsubscribe to it so i have a bunch of doctor strange books unread but i'm just like maybe one day 
Yes. Just sitting on your shelf going, not today. <laughs> no, I, I literally have a nightstand drawer next to my bed. Full, it's like my uh, drawer of shame. It's all my comic books that I need to read. I just stick in there so that way I can read one or two before I go to bed. And you never do. No, no, typically no, especially not, not now <laughs> with how busy I've been. So, but yeah, like I've got pretty much the entire current run of Daredevil sitting in that drawer. I was never a fan of Daredevil. I could not stand Daredevil when back in the 80s and 90s. My friend was always yeah. like, Daredevil. I'm like, Dare Dickhead. No, I don't really care about yeah. him. <laughs> I just didn't like Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, Uncanny Project has Gods of the North by Andrew Goldstein that is out now. You can head over to their group to grab that book. Coming out soon is the Grandmaster's Guides to NPC by Keith, our former co-host of the show, who should be back yeah. someday. I've also been told the new universe series Spitfire book by Simon is coming out soon. And they have a couple of Marvel file issues coming out that is going to coincide with the new Marvel TV shows and series coming out like the martial arts with Chang Chi black widow themed ones and a Hawkeye issue with Hawkeye spider tech with the Spider-Man number three. So those should be coming out real soon. You can head over to their project on Facebook. You just search them out and it's not that hard to find them and just apply for the group. And yeah, they should let you in, and you probably get them. I mean, pro I think they're still putting them up at classicmarvelforever.com. I don't know. Maybe Stephen Watson can confirm that. I'm, I'm not sure if Cutter is still putting them up there or not anymore, but he was. So we did have a question that came from Jane on the, uh, the notes, and she wanted to know, uh, can you share your thoughts about creating an Iron Man Tony Stark campaign? In other words, making a theme that deals with engineering devices, earning resources, combating shady companies such as Roxxon, Stanin International, Justin Hammer, and Cord Conglomerate. Mm -hmm. While my first impression of a campaign like that is that's going to be a lot of, I don't know, book work for a lawyer type uh, RPG, it, to be honest. It, it, oh, it strikes me very much as a spy game. Yeah. It's going to be heavily spy because you don't want to draw attention to what you're actually doing. Like any of those corporations listed, they do things, but they all do them under, and try to do it under the table, hit and try to maintain public face. So that would be part of it. And it would be, you know, this company's doing this thing. You need to thwart it. But at the same time, you can't expose how you're thwarting it or that they're even doing it. You just need to make sure it doesn't happen. So, I mean, it's going to be a lot. Of, as for the earning resources, that would be. Yeah, you'd have, just have to rework the resource mechanics so you have a way that you actually earn and have it be more of a fixed number than the general stat that it would be. To, to actually make it like you got to save up. It would be, the only, well, off the top of my head, I guess the way I could see it is if you wanted to say you had remarkable resources and you wanted to get something at, that's amazing. If you wanted to, say, treat yourself as having maybe 
good resources for X amount of time, that's you saving those like two steps, something like that. So you, you, you take a negative to your resources for X amount of time in order to basically get an even roll on something that you normally wouldn't be able to get. Maybe. And then I think that's a way to do the, uh, the saving and resources without exerting a lot of bookkeeping and math that just doesn't fit with this style of game. I'm you're right. Now that you said it, it sounds like a spy game. I'm thinking more like a whole top secret based, you know, pulling those rules into it. And maybe this is, it's going to put a lot of work on the GM because now the GM has to figure out what all these companies are working on. And you are doing working for your own company, let's say, and you have to. I would probably base it off on a spy game, definitely. You have to infiltrate these companies, find out what they're working for, and try to top them for what they're working for and do something better than what they're doing. So, not mm -hmm. only does the GM have to figure it out, he has to figure out adventures for you to sneak in there, what they're working on, how much information you're getting when you go in there. So, yeah. And then you could also, yeah, you also get into the you're working on something really cool and they're trying to sabotage it. So you need to thwart them getting it basically the inverse of what you pitched. So you could have that going both ways. Do you uh, stay back and guard your stuff to stop them from stealing it? Or do you go out and try to steal their stuff and managing the resources? And so there's something there, but it very much ends up in a Buy type game and it so and if so if you're expecting people in power armor duking it out that could be like the climax of it but at that point it kind of exposes everyone and creates its own issues yeah i'm just i'm trying to think and like when i first saw this question the last time before the show i was sitting here trying to think how would we do that because there is, like, no way to make that an actual game that's going to be... Um, it can be fun, don't get me wrong, but I don't think it's going to be fun for the entire group to do. Maybe one or two players? It Now, if you weren't, say, the head of the company, but you were, like, the plumbers for the company, the fixers, Yeah, you, you have... So if you're like a step below that and depending on how successful you are is how the resource benefit that they get your company gets you can do something like that so but at that point you are basically just like a mission impossible spy team huh. so there's i mean there's yeah there's something there but i don't know if it would be like you're working for tony stark like Stephen Watson mentioned in chat, Stark has a lot of characters on his payroll. Many go off and do their own thing or fire to become enemies. So that's like the coworker, someone that used to work for him does their own thing and is fighting you. But you could also be one of those people working under him. Hmm. You're yeah, you're not the guy. You're not Stark himself, but you're one of the guys that needs to go get these parts or make this deal to get these components for the next power armor. And then how about the people that are 
would you incorporate them breaking into the base that you're working at or the company you're working at? Would you involve the players with that as well? You can, I could see both. It could be that it starts with the break end. The if the players don't thwart it, now they got to go get it back. <laughs> there was an industrial saboteur called the ghost. Ghost, yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, so then that was his whole thing. He would break in, he would steal the stuff, and get out and sell it. Sell it on the black market. So that I could see an entire campaign and you playing something like that, but the. Other end is the one that kind of threw me off the Iron Man Tony Stark type campaign. You're playing Tony Starkish type character with your own company while trying to undermine other companies and build your stuff in your company without them knowing that part. It, it, it yeah, that part of my head go, go, what <laughs> at that point it becomes Wall Street the game. If you go down that road too far, too heavy on the business and not on the sneaky and smashy. So, but yeah, there's something to do with the high tech companies in conflict with each in subterfuge and conflict with each other. So there's something, there is something you can work with that. Hmm. I don't know. Well, we'll leave it up to the audience to try to give us some more ideas. They can write in bullpen at classicphaserip.com. <laughs> yep. I'm trying to remember the email address. I keep forgetting it. Uh, or you can leave a comment here on the YouTube channel dot com slash the evil DM, or you can head to our website classicfaceship dot com and leave a comment on the post there for your feedback for Jane. Help her out with her question of the day. Now we'll open up the chat for any questions they'd like to ask about the game or anything else. And other than that, we're going to head out then. If we have nobody has any questions, that's in chat. Yeah. Yeah, and Stephen Watson has some more ideas like field testing missions. You got the new tech. You need to go out and see if it works. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, again, it there's things that can be done and just just making it into like you could be out field testing the your newest invention in the middle of the desert. Other company knows about it, ambushes you, tries to steal it. Maybe they do. Uh, to answer your question, how much would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could ch chuck wood? Now, the answer to that is if a woodchuck could chuck wood, he would chuck wood as far as he could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to be a smart ass with this question. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess that's going to be all for tonight. It's a little bit of a shorter show. We just wanted to give a show, not have, not have a show. No, yeah. Not, not have a show. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll be back in uh, about two weeks with another show. Trying to keep these, you know, anywhere from around 30 to about an hour length of show, you know, enough that people can yeah. do it on a drive or a walk or working out. Uh, yeah. The 30th of April would be the next show. Sound good to you? Yeah, sounds great to me. All right. With that said, we're going to say keep it original, keep it old school, and good night, everybody. Good night. You've been listening to the Classic Face Rip Podcast. The thoughts and opinions expressed on the podcast are not the final word and are just what they are, opinions. If you'd like to catch up on older episodes, head on over to ClassicFaceRip.com or if you want to check out the video shows live on YouTube, go to YouTube.com slash C slash The Evil DM. Again, that's YouTube.com slash C slash The Evil DM. Email us at AskTheDM at TheEvilDM.com. Thank you.